What's up, 10 Count Nation? Jason Tiller here. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thanks for making us a part of your day. Well, we are in week two of our limited run of 10 Count Podcasts, and I gotta say I'm super excited about this week's guest. It is none other than Dexter Roswell. Now, for those of you who know me, you know that Dexter and I have tagged together in the past. Uh, It's been a really cool friendship. Dexter's a cool dude, and he is the first openly gay wrestler that I have known personally, Um, and that comes up in the podcast a little bit later on. He talks a lot about his experience and some of the fears he had coming out to people in the wrestling community, but also just talking about some of the cool things he's done. Uh, He wrestled at a baseball park. Um, you know, he is, he trained with stride pro wrestling. He's, he's got a lot of cool stuff going on. He's got a lot of great pedigree. So Dexter is definitely somebody that is, uh, he's an interesting story and he's an even better person. So I'm looking forward to you guys hearing this episode. And and like I said last week, you guys didn't come here to hear me talk. So 10 count podcast starts now. It's 10 count vlog. So are we doing it in character? No, yes. Well, it's it's sort of ish in character. Um, like, like I'm gonna call you by your gimmick name, but I'm not necessarily gonna call you by, uh, or we don't necessarily have to talk in character. Rather, okay. Yeah, sorry. And, and I am recording, but I'm gonna cut all this crap out. Maybe. Oh um, no, that's good. This is good for the outtakes. It is. It's good. Good for the for the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the blooper reel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just put it in at the end where we 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 divulge the secrets of our real names. Exactly. Well, I mean, my real name is my my wrestling name, so I mean, it's it it is what it is. Yeah, that's true. Like I go by so many different names; it's not even funny. Yeah, especially when you're married or living with someone. You and I both know that. I mean, for for me, it's hey, dumbass. You know. <laughs> yeah. Mine's usually "Hey, bitch," and then he slaps me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Lovingly, of course. Of course, oh, no, it's always lovingly. Yeah, that's what we'll say for the for the recording. <laughs> so, Dexter, how are you doing, man? I'm good today, Taylor. How's it, how's it going for you? It's going very well. I tell you what, it's been a it's been a wild week. Uh, of course, we're recording this on uh, February twentieth. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, Vincennes got absolutely hammered with snow. How how's it looking over there? You guys had snow. Like I don't know what that that that's a foreign concept concept over here. If you if you didn't hint any of the sarcasm in my voice, <laughs> um, there is tons of snow, and I like I enjoyed it at first. Then whenever I uh, kind of wrecked my car, I was totally done with it. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot but, about that. <laughs> the dogs love it. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Because you, don't you have like dogs that really thrive in the snow anyway? Yeah, especially our German Shepherd Husky. She she loves the snow. She'll just run and like almost like do like a nose dive into it and just like throw her head up really quick. So she throws the snow in the air and runs through it. She loves it. <laughs> so so my dog, an English Bulldog, um, she she was really excited about it at first until it got up over her back, and that's just kind of telling people exactly how much snow we got. I think we ended up with like I think twelve inches on the ground total at, at the end of the week. Yeah, we, I don't think we had anywhere near that. We probably had anywhere from three to six, if we're lucky on that. But still, it's it was a lot of snow compared to what we had the last few years, which has been very little. 
Yeah, we've had really good winters the last couple of years. And but like like to give kind of people perspective, you know, up in northern Indiana, up Chicago area, it, it's nothing for them to get one storm where that drops, you know, 16, 20 inches because they get the lake effect snow up there. Um, and I'm yeah. showing my inner man. When did we get old, Garrett? I have no clue. Like <laughs> I'm coming up on 30 this year. Well, and like we're sitting here talking about the weather on a wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got to, like, build up the anticipation to the actual wrestling talk. And then probably whenever I get talking, people fall asleep. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Well, uh, old people's talk aside, I mean, yeah, like I said, up up in northern areas like Chicago, uh, you know, LaPorte area, they get, you know, 16, 20 inches dumped on them like it's nothing. I, I guarantee yeah. you they're all up there sitting there laughing at us. Oh, yeah, they're probably watching us all freak out, run to the store, get milk, egg, bread, and all that sort of stuff when... It's not really super needed. I'm going to be honest with you, though. Those milk sandwiches, they hit differently. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's very true. At least we're not I in Texas. I do love me some milk, though. I do love me some milk. I, I do, too. At least we're not in Texas for all this. Oh, I know. Like, especially for one, because they're really not used to it. And mm. two, like, it's causing, like, water lines to bust. And, like, I saw one where a car was completely frozen inside, you know. Oh, yeah, the one in the parking garage. I saw that one as well. Yeah, I'm like, dang, I'm glad we didn't get that around here. Well, I mean, I think we're more prepared for it probably because we do live north of the Ohio. But on the same token, it's like just th this Central America uh, area where we live, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're not built for this stuff. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So yeah, I'll be you, ready for it to uh, all go away, but then I dread the aftermath of all the melted snow, and we're supposed to get some rain, so it's going to be a really muddy mess. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've already got to get gravel on my driveway. Look at us sitting here talking about adult problems. Yeah, talking about adult problems as my laundry just finishes up. <laughs> Man, I tell you See, what, these are the things you don't get to hear about on wrestling podcasts. You don't get to hear about like the real lives of these people. Because no. whenever it comes down to it, yeah, we're performers in the ring in front of a crowd, which we love doing. But also, we have the normal everyday struggles of everybody else. Like, we have to do laundry. We have to take care of our dogs. We have to deal with weather. We have to deal with all this stuff. So, it's just one of the things that you don't really get to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's one of those things, too, where, like, a lot of the times, the, the normal life aspect, you know, it gets in the way of the wrestling in, in some cases. Yeah, especially, like, how it is, like... For you and I both work at IWAU, and last two weeks, well, two weeks ago, I couldn't make it because of the weather, and then last week it was canceled. So it definitely gets in the way of us performing. It does, especially when you know. And you, of course, you live what two two hours away from IWAU? Is that right? Uh, it ends up being about an hour and forty five. Yeah, so, something oh, yeah, like it's a little bit of a drive. So, so it's yeah, it's similar, similar for me. You know, I've got about about a fifty minute drive uh, where mm -hmm. where I'm where I live. But you know, it, it's it, you're right. It's absolutely nuts to think that a snowstorm can bring just everything to its knees the way it does. But it, but it yeah. does. Yeah, the way that I usually go there, like a good like, gosh, twenty mile section is nothing but back roads. So uh, uh, going on back roads and tiny cars. Uh, which, I mean, I already, like I said earlier, wrecked my car on the highway. So, uh, yeah, if it doesn't do good on highway, it's not going to do good on back road. So I, I uh, decided not to go that week. Yeah, I don't blame you. So, so you, I wanted to talk about your wreck, if you don't mind. Like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> so so we had to go to where we ended up going to work at 10, and then they knew that the weather was starting to get bad, so they let us leave at noon. So it was two hours, so I was like, not even worth it, but... 
we still it still happened. So as I was leaving, I was um, driving behind a car that was going really slow. And my thinking was, I don't want to be stuck behind someone going really slow and they hit a piece of ice and I have to break or possibly rear end them because of it. So I move into the left lane to go around them, which hadn't been plowed yet, which I mean, I should have saw it and just said, oh, I'll just stay in this lane. No, I try to go around it, which I do go around it. But whenever I try to get back into the right lane, I hit a piece of ice then it like not spins me but takes me into a curb blowing out two of my tires then uh you know how some of like the posts uh the signs are like big enough where they need two wood posts to hold them up yep uh i drive through one of them and take out the bottom portion of it and then end up in a parking lot well at least you ended up in a parking lot i mean that's the right place to end up right nobody else was there nobody else was involved i wasn't hurt or anything like that so that's the important part and that's the takeaways that i'm i'm taking away from it is that it could have been a lot worse and thankfully nobody else was involved absolutely and i'm glad it's not like your first car that you wrecked either i mean that one was a pretty much total loss wasn't it oh yeah that one was bad going from the picture I should have got seriously hurt off of that one, but I just had like a bruise on my wrist and that was it. So I got very lucky. What is it with wrestlers and car trouble? Like, I feel like I'm all the time hearing about somebody in the indie scene having a having a car wreck or having car trouble. Well, because we're in our cars so much between work and driving to shows and stuff like that. I feel like we spend most of our time in cars. You, you know what? You're, you're probably right about that. So, so, I spent more time in my car due to wrestling than I ever thought I would because whenever I first started wrestling, I was because I started at Stride Pro Wrestling, I was like, I'll just do the Stride show one, once a month and that'll be it. And then that slowly evolved into every weekend having a show. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you get some interesting uh, people you ride with in those situations, too. Um, yeah. Like I ended up riding a lot with Bo Sawyer and Joey O'Reilly and Blaine and some of those guys. Those few people. Oh, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll, no, none of those people <laughs> will ever know, right? Yeah, no, they won't. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Stride. Uh, got a lot of cool stuff going on over there. I know that, you know, uh, Heath Hatton has been, uh, he's been trying to do everything he can through the pandemic, uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, we haven't had wrestling and, you know, Stride is a great destination for, for anyone going to, uh, going to work. If you can get on one of their shows, that is, um, cause I know a lot of people want to work there. But uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on over there. I know that there was a recent announcement. You guys are going to have another uh, show or maybe series of shows at Rent One Park over there. And uh, you you were on the last one they had there, right? Yeah, that was back in, oh gosh, August of 2019, I believe, is when we had that show. Because uh, that was kind of like the build up to where like me and Bo's feud started. So, like, we had a, gosh, it was like a 10-man ladder match for the new No Limits title, which I currently hold right now. I didn't win the match, but I hold it right now. Um, That was, it was a fun match. It was my first ever ladder match, and that's for me, I've always wanted to be in a ladder match, so it was really cool. Um, But, yeah, it was just a fun atmosphere to be, like, not in the confines of a building. where Like, we were outside, uh, often, like, the concession area. Uh, of the baseball field so it, it just brings a whole new environment that it'll bring new people in because you're 
partnering up with other businesses. So you're not only promoting your business, but you're also promoting someone else's business. So it like works out multiple ways, but it, it was just a fun time. And then it was, it was cool. Yeah. And that's one of those types of shows where it's like you said, it kind of brings in a different uh, demographic of fan because, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily equate a baseball field with with a wrestling show. They they equate the arenas, you know, WWE yeah. has kind of made that the, the norm is they go to these arenas, they go to, you know, event centers, things like that. But it's just it's kind of out of the box thinking to say, OK, we're going to be at a ballpark. It's almost like what the NHL does. Um, when they have their uh, their winter classic games on either a baseball field, I think it's at Lake Tahoe this year. So um, it, it's kind of it brings in a different different demographic. Yeah, it's something that they used to do years ago in the times of like Andre and Hulk Hogan and Bruno San Martino. They used to have shows at baseball stadiums a lot of the times. I remember several matches from that going back and watching them and everything. So it, it's not completely out of the norm, but. In the day and age that we're in now, it seems like it's a little bit different, especially in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's not a whole lot of uh, venues necessarily that are equipped to handle that type of. Well, like let's Stride Pro Wrestling. God, you, you know whatever whatever anyone says about Stride, no matter what anybody's feelings are, or wherever they may land, no one can deny that Stride Pro Wrestling is a draw. Um, you know, I'll never forget the first the first Stride show I did. Um, it was at the, uh, I believe it was the one at the Harley Davidson, um, in, in Marion. Is that where it was? Uh, Harley Davidson. There was one in Mount Vernon. Was that where that's you and it. Bo won the tag titles? It is. Yeah. That's where me and Bo won the tag titles. That and was the, uh, four-way elimination, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you were in that match, I weren't you? that one. I do remember that one because I was in that match with you guys. I was about to say you were in that. I thought so. But, but like, I mean, that show, we're in the back shed and maybe a garage or, or maybe like a an inventory room of this this Harley Davidson dealership there in, in Mount Vernon. And we packed what, four hundred or more into that little building? Oh, probably. We had people like sitting on the shelves where they like stored the motorcycles. So like and there were like random bales of hay that people were sitting on. I don't know where those came from, but whatever. But they were just like people were lined up everywhere. Yeah, it was. And then there, there was the show we had uh, for Stride in Pinckneyville, and I believe that's the same one uh, where Abyss came. And, uh, me, and yeah. Bo, me and Bo wrestled him, and we packed 600 into that gym. Um, and, you know, f- yeah, a high school gym 600 is probably, you know, not near their capacity, but, you know, still 600 people for a wrestling show in – uh, you know, Podunk, Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that that's amazing to see that Stride draws those type of numbers. And so it brings me back to my original point. You know, there's not a lot of venues that maybe necessarily are equipped to handle what Stride draws. And so to be able to do it at you know Rent One Park, which is uh, I think they're a Frontier League baseball team. Is that correct? I think so, but I'm, I think or maybe they're like a minor league or something like that. But. Yeah, some, I think they're in the same league as the Evansville Otters, um, and if it's the case, that's Frontier League. But I mean, it's I mean, either way, it's it's a it's a baseball field, a professional baseball field where, where guys are playing in order to get money. So I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, especially down in this area, you don't expect there to be a stadium dedicated to that. But it's been around here for several years now so it's uh it's definitely a draw 
Yeah, it's definitely something fun. So, uh, you know, if you're not uh, look, if you're not following Stride on social media, be sure you do. They're going to have more announcements about that, I'm sure, coming up. So, sticking with the kind of the Stride topic, didn't you? You trained with Hatton at Stride, right? I did back on. I think if I can remember the exact date, August second, two thousand sixteen, was the first day that I actually started training. Okay. So you and I started training about the same time because I think I started training in 2016 as well, um, but it would have been in May. So okay, so you got a few months on me. Yeah, but you're still better than I am. So I mean, well, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that. Like that's the thing. Like we work with everybody so much, and we become friends with them. So sometimes, like for me, I don't like. I get awkward sometimes when people say stuff like that because I don't know how like to take it. I guess if that makes sense. It's like I'm the biggest critic of myself that can be. So like parts of me think like, oh, that match I did sucked. But then somebody say, man, you had a great match. So it's just one of those, I guess, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I think it's it's common for all of us to be our own worst critics because, I mean, when you really think down to it, we all know as we're planning our matches and as we're doing our matches, we know what we've done wrong. But you, and I'll say this, for for me, it's completely different. I do not have the the ability to cover up a mistake as well as you do. Um, I'll never forget, you know, of course, for for those who don't know, Dexter and I were uh, teamed up for a long time at IWAU, and it kind of got cut short, and then we kind of brought it back. But, I mean, we had a little, we had a good team chemistry thing going for a little bit. And we had, and we had one match, I think it was against Chris and Devontae, um, another couple guys I really hope to bring on this uh, limited run of podcasts, but uh, they were so green at that time. I think they maybe had had like one match under their belt at that time, and you know, you and I, they put us put us with them because they know we can carry ourselves and they know we can handle a match if something goes off the rails. And you know, with with green people, surely enough, it does. And I'm in the match. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what just happened? How are we going to recover? And just you without even hesitating, just made chicken salad out of chicken shit, man. And, uh, I mean, just be honest with you. And and then when we got back behind the curtain, Josh actually said the same thing. He was very impressed with the way that you, uh, with the way that you recovered from the mistake and got us back on track. So. Yeah. It's one of those, like, even if you've been doing this for multiple years, there's still, stuff that can happen that you don't anticipate and you have to recover for so especially like i love them both to death chris whenever he first started like trying to get that boy to calm down and not be like super hyper was so hard like there's times like i had him in a shell coat i was just telling him like slow down (laughs) but like for me even like when i first started i did the same thing so it's just you get out there in front of a crowd and you just have so much adrenaline going that it's like you just can't bottle it up all all the time so i mean that's something that i know that they've both worked on and they're doing so much better uh because i mean i get to see them every week yeah Um, yeah absolutely and you know you and i both have seen seen them improve leaps and bounds and uh you know it makes me think back to my own training and you know i never necessarily had someone who told me okay here's what you do in this case in in this scenario but you know you training with Hatton I mean Hatton's you know he he's he is what he is he he's really good at what he does and you know he's recently appeared on on WWE TV I mean it's not like he is uh 
a slouch at what he does. And I feel like maybe, you know, that is that something that you glean from him, your, your, you know, your ability to think on your feet like that? I think so, just because, like, he's worked several WWE events and stuff like that, and he's currently working in OVW right now, which that's that's a huge accomplishment, accomplishment to be asked to come in there, and, like, I know it's well-deserved. Uh, so being able to train under him and, like, He'll he'll tell you this just as well. I mean, he's not going to sugarfoot around it. And he's not going to tell you, oh, you did a great job. He's going to tell you what you sucked at because that's the only way you can actually learn. Is like you have to know what your faults are to be able to improve upon them. So it's just every time after a match, he would always say like, hey, you did this, this, and this right, but you also did this, 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 wrong. And it's like, that's what we would work on at the next practice, or that's what we would work on at the next show. So it's just being able to learn from Tyler has been basically a godsend for my wrestling career. Yeah, and I'll never forget the first time I worked with him was actually, you know, at that Mount Vernon show. And, um, you know, he was was different than anything. I I don't want to say he was... Like he's definitely not bad, not not even close to bad, but like it was different. It was something I had to adapt to uh, whenever I worked with him because I had never necessarily worked with somebody who worked the style he does. And so, you know, you training with him, I feel like you've adopted some of that, but also made it your own. Um, you know, just from what I can tell from you and, and working with you a few times, it, it's like it, it was very similar in, in that respect. Do you, would you agree? I think so. I mean, I think you can almost pick up something from every opponent that you like wrestle with. I mean, it might not be anything major or anything like that, but learning different things because everybody is a different type. Like me and you have different body types. Me and you have different wrestling styles, but you can learn from working with that person what to anticipate for the next time you work with them. Like for me and you, uh, it's always going to be kind of like a big man, little man type scenario. But we also play off of it well whenever we're tagging together. So, like, I think you just have to anticipate the different wrestling styles that people are going to bring during each different match. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. So you started training in 2016. When did you have your first match, and how did that go? My first match in front of a crowd. I, I remember this vividly. I don't remember the exact date. Well, yeah, I know it was October, I think, like, 13th of 2016 um i remember i was at work it was on a friday or thursday or a friday and i'm just going along and i get a text from tyler saying hey do you want to wrestle me at catskin days which was in uh carrier mills which is like five minutes from where i live and he said i would be a heel so i was like yeah i'll do it yeah and after i got done texting him and talking to him i was like oh crap (laughs) i've got like four hours to prepare (laughs) so i was oh i was nervous i thought i was gonna puke like leading up to it finishing up work and getting ready getting getting to the place where we had the show at but it's like once i got there like all the nerves went away it's like i was prepared for it well and then i I was because of the training that tyler had given me uh but it's one of those like and i wrestled tyler like i said earlier and it was it was an easy match i don't think tyler took one bump but <laughs> why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I know, right? But but we made it believable that I actually had a chance of beating him. So uh, I remember that's the first spear I took in front of a crowd. And I remember I basically folded up, which I always love taking the spears from Tyler because I, I try to do that because it just looks visually appealing. But uh, 
but yeah, I, I was very happy with how it turned out, and, and it was amazing first time. Yeah, very cool. So, so at that time, were you the Dexter Roswell character that we all know now, or were you something completely different? I was not. I was Luke Chambers, uh, the very generic uh, kind of, I guess you could say, a uh, Jeff Hardy ripoff. I had the uh, black and green trip pants and just like a plain green shirt and a bandana or something like that. So there wasn't anything like really special about me, but it was something to get me through the few matches that I had before becoming Dexter, which I think I had three matches at Luke before I became Dexter. Okay, so so how did Dexter Roswell come about? Was it just the fact that, you know, politics in this country is so polarizing and you can really get a rise out of people regardless of, you know, where you pretend to stand on particular issues? Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of where it came from. Uh, the politician idea was Tyler's idea, but he said he wanted me to do that, and I was asking him, like, how do you want me to do it? What do you want the name to be? Blah, 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 blah. But he was like, you come up with the rest of it. So... Like, I came up with the name, I came up with uh, my finishing move, I came up with um, what I was going to wear to the ring, and different stuff like that, and it's really played off a lot better than I thought it would, because going into wrestling, I didn't really think that I would be, like, the talking type, (laughs) because I never really had, like, opportunities to talk in front of crowds throughout high school or college or anything like that. So it's, it was just one of those, like, I never anticipated. But whenever it came down to it, it was, I guess they saw in me something that I didn't see in myself as far as being able to talk. And I, I feel like I do a decent job of uh, talking in front of a crowd and getting them to hate me. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'm doing my job right. You're too humble. I, I can tell you that much. Um, because you're, you're a natural at it. It's amazing how easily it seems to come for you. And I don't know if you've worked at that necessarily, or if it just comes naturally to you, but man, I tell you what, it's, it, it you're almost flawless on the mic from what I can tell. Just so oh, you're well, aware. Thank you. I, I remember when I first started as Dexter and like before every match, I would have a promo and like being gosh, three, four months into a wrestling career and having to do a promo and a match and remember all of that, that was a huge undertaking for me. One that I, I probably put more pressure on myself than anything, but I remember I would write out my promo and I would remember it word for word for word and say it word for word for word and then have the match. And progressively over time, like I would just go to like bullet points that I wanted to talk about. And then now I just ask whoever the, um, who runs the show what do you want me to talk about? They tell me and I go out there and do it. So it's one of those, like you learn how to do a promo as you're doing it over time. Like we at wrestling practice, we did it a few times where we went over promos and did stuff like that, but we didn't do a lot of that. And like before I started doing it. So it was one of those, like I learned on the fly and you just have to have fun with it because there's times where I'll get tongue tied or whatever, but then you can play off that. So it's just reacting. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so I got to ask you this, Dexter, were you, were, were you kind of into politics? Like did the, did the politician gimmick, did it fit you at all? Or is it something you had to pick up as you uh, went along and, and really learn about to immerse yourself in the character you play? Oh, definitely had to learn about it. I do not like politics at all. 
it's one of those it's it's too much of a hot button topic and i don't really like to get into debates and stuff like that with people in my normal life so it's one of those i definitely had to uh pick up on some things and learn how to like speak like a politician basically so if i had to ask you um dexter roswell's political affiliation um what answer would you give me the dr party the dr party it's it's ambiguous right <laughs> exactly i like that uh so and, and i understand you know why people don't like to get involved in politics because it's so divisive it's it's literally something that when you get to talk in politics no matter where you stand on what issue you're always going to find somebody who their feelings are going to change about you because of an opinion that you have, regardless of whether they liked you five minutes ago. But now they've learned this about you, and it's like, nope, don't want to mess with you anymore. Don't want to mess with anything about you It's it, because you're a bad person now. Oh, yeah. People are so opinionated that sometimes they don't realize that, hey, other people can have opinions too. It doesn't mean that they're going to be right or wrong or that you're right or wrong, but everybody has the right to their own opinion. Uh, some people just don't realize that just take it for what it is, say, I agree to disagree and move forward and continue the friendship or relationship that you have going from that point. Uh, but some people just don't see it like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I imagine for you that that takes on a particular um, meaning because, I mean, and, and here, here's where we get into kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this discussion and one of the major topics that I wanted to bring up. But, you know, for you being an openly gay wrestler in uh, an industry that's predominantly in an area that's predominantly, um, I don't want to say anti-gay, but like definitely have mixed feelings on the topic. I imagine for you that getting into political discussions probably never bared any fruit. Yeah, not really. I mean, it's one of those, like, yes, I am an openly gay wrestler in this area. And, like, I struggled with that because I wasn't openly gay whenever I first started wrestling. Uh, I was starting to come out to some of my friends and family at that point before I started, but I wasn't anywhere to the point where I was comfortable telling everybody who I was. I mean, granted, it doesn't play a part of my wrestling character, but, I mean, it's who I am. And it was on... uh, August 26, 2017, that I came out, which was about a year after I um, started training. And, like, I was so worried that uh, nobody would want to get in the ring with me because I was gay. Um, But that, I mean, that was just ideas that I put into my head based on people on social media and stuff in the regular media where people always... uh, I don't want to say bash gay people because it has gotten a lot better over the years, but there is somewhat of a stigma that a gay man in professional wrestling, it can be a little weird, but like I was, I was blown away by everybody's reaction whenever I told them and was just open and honest. And no, honestly, nobody gave a fuck uh, about it. It was like, they cared about enough about me as the person that the fact that I was gay didn't mean anything to them. It wasn't going to, stop them from wanting to wrestle me in the ring if anything i i think that i gained more respect from everybody because i was able to be who i am um i I mean coming for you uh i i mean like i just said like that's how i saw it but i how did it like come off cross for everybody else 
Um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When I found out that you were gay, it didn't phase me really. But then again, you know, I, I'm notoriously awkward anyway. Um, so I don't know how I, I support it, but I don't necessarily know how to talk about it. And those are the right. things that scare me. But, you know, from, from my perspective, it's one of those situations where, you know, I had a long battle with religion and the mm. stigma that came along with being a religious person. Not many people know, you know, I was once a licensed pastor and, you know, I had all of these, these ideas and, and that were really rooted in hatred. And I've battled that since I've started wrestling and then started, uh, expanding my horizons and, and meeting you, of course, like by the time I met you, it didn't phase me personally. Um, but I mean, it's still awkward to have that conversation. Do you meet a lot of guys who, who may have a little bit of awkward and they like, they support you, but they don't know how to start that conversation. Well, it's one of those, like you've been around me in the locker room. Like I joke around about it all the time, but it's not one of those that like I have defined who I am. It's like, Oh, here comes the gay wrestler. No, it's it's not that. It's just here comes Dexter, the wrestler, you know. So I try to have a lighthearted uh, play on it, I guess. Like, I don't want to make it a big thing. I don't want to be introduced to, like, if I'm wrestling somebody for the first time, I don't want to be like, hey, I'm Dexter, just so you know. Hey, I'm gay, but you don't have to worry. No, it's nothing like that. Usually it doesn't even get brought up in conversation unless it's around people that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, and you shouldn't ever have to worry about saying stuff like that. Like, that's one of those things that, like, when people come out, and then I think this is another stigma, another reason why people have such discomfort about it. And you correct me if I'm wrong. You're the expert here. But I, I think people realize that, you know, being gay, that's who I am when they come out. But then society tends to want to let that be a definition of the person rather than just letting them be a person. Would you say that's about I would, accurate? I would say that's basically right. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, the media. The media always portrays gay, gay people in a certain way. They're going to be overly effeminate. Uh, they're going to wear rainbow colors all the time, blah, 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 blah. Which I always say, if you're comfortable that way, be who you are. Like, I don't give a crap. Like if you're comfortable being that way, be you. But for me, I don't feel like I'm that way. So like, Not I don't feel like I'm the, I don't want to say the typical gay, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I come across as like the effeminate rainbow flag waving type of gay. And I mean, that's just not who I am. No, no, you don't come across that way. I, I can tell you this for, for someone like me who has discomfort about, you know, starting the conversation, I, I can tell you being around you has always been very comfortable for me. So, and I think that's one of the other things too, that people get offended by is that like, there are people who have that discomfort, but it's not necessarily coming from a place of hatred. It's coming from a place of, you know, for me, it was, how do I start this conversation? Do, do I even start this conversation? And, you know, there's been give and take, I think in my relationship with you, you've given me the liberty to ask blunt and honest questions and you've never really looked down on me for trying to educate myself. And I think that goes a long way in in helping build tolerance. Does that make sense? It, it really does because everybody's going to have questions about it. It's like, how did you know you were gay? Well, all these different questions. And it's like, for me, if anybody asks me questions along the lines of that, I'm going to be like, I'm going to tell them the truth. Like, I'm ever since I've come out, I've been an open book because for so long I had to hide who I was. So, like, I'm not going to live my life 
avoiding certain questions or anything like that like if you have a genuine sincere question that you want to ask me in regards to it because you want to like you said better yourself and gain more knowledge i'm going to give you my opinion on it is that going to be the opinion that is like the overwhelming consensus of the gay population probably not but it's i can only speak for myself so if you ask me the question i'm going to i'm going to be honest and tell you how i see it yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I've never seen anything to the contrary, uh, Dexter, whenever I'm around you. And, and let's be honest, we all have a lot of fun with it too, because once we know how open you are about it and how, you know, just chill you are. And that, that's another thing I think that scares a lot of people is just, if I ask the question, are they going to get angry about it? Cause I really like this person, but, but, but anyway, you're so chill about it. I mean, I, it's, it's amazing how we can joke about, uh, you know, you being gay in the locker room and not only, you know, us joke to you, but you joke right back to us. And it's, it, it's a really good relationship. I think it's very healthy and very, you know, I think it's a model for what people really need to have, uh, if they are uncomfortable in, in a situation like that, would you agree? I, I completely agree. And like, I will always tell the story because I find it absolutely hilarious. Not, not about being uncomfortable, but I remember uh, the day I came out was actually the day of a, a Cape Championship Wrestling show. So, like, I came out in that earlier that morning with a post on Facebook, which I was completely nervous to do. But I, when I did it, I was happy that I did it. So I get to the show, and, like, nobody really says anything. Like, I think Sarah Summers made me a rainbow cake. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Uh, because I think she knew before I came out. But I remember it was, I think it was Austin Lane, uh, Roger, Mathis, and Dalton all just, like, talking back and forth. And they were talking about Dalton's skinny jeans. Uh, I chimed in, I'm gay and I don't even wear skinny jeans. And uh, (laughs) I just remember Roger's face going, like, not like a pale white or anything, but he was like, oh, we can joke about this now? (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those, like, I appreciate the jokes because... It just makes it like a lighthearted thing where people can feel comfortable. It's not like they have to feel like they have to feel obligated to talk to me about it or anything like that. It's one of those, if you have a question or if you want to joke around with it, I'm going to joke around right back. So you better be able to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I I don't know. I couldn't have said it better myself. I I do have one thing I want to say on the topic and maybe this, uh, maybe I'm not the person to say this, but you and I have had discussions about things we hear at wrestling shows and, you know, it's it's not, it's common knowledge, I think, that fans can be sometimes a little bit intolerant because of the area we live in. And, yeah, I, I wanna, <laughs> and you know, you and I have had that conversation back and forth, but I just want to say first and foremost, and then I'll get your opinion on it, but, but Jason Tiller's opinion, if I hear someone in a crowd use uh, an anti-gay slur, uh, particularly the F word. And, and I just, it bothers me so much. I will break character and I will call that person out on their shit because that's bull crap in 2021. It was bull crap yeah. to begin with, but it's bull crap, especially now. Um, and especially when it comes to somebody, you know, wrestling is a brotherhood bottom line. Yeah. And if somebody is doing that to you to intentionally hurt you, not only are they hurting you, they're pissing me off. And that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. But I mean, oh, yeah. I, I've had nothing but support from every every man and woman in the the back in the wrestling industry. That like I like I said, I feel like my friendships and relationships with people have grown because of that. I remember when I came out, uh, I like I said, I did it on Facebook, so people commented on it. I remember one of the ones that put uh, Jake Capone, 
which I haven't got to see him in years, uh, he, he said something like, if anybody gives you trouble, like, we've all got your back. You got a band of brothers here, you know, to stand up for if you need it. And I was like, stuff like that means the world to me. And like Tyler even said, like, it doesn't matter if you're gay or not. The world is a better place with you in it. So it's like with stuff you read like that, it's so reassuring. Um, especially like, <laughs> I, I know probably the instance you're thinking of in your head, yeah. uh, IWAU, where uh, I came out for a promo and literally the whole crowd was chanting the F word. Which, yeah. granted, they didn't know that I was gay or anything like that. They just used it as a way to try to get underneath my skin. And for me, yeah, it bothered me. But at the same time, it's like these people in that area probably aren't used to someone being gay or being around them. So they think that that word's fine to use as a way to get underneath somebody's skin. Yeah, underneath the fact, the fact that they not- think that, Dexter, and, and I apologize, I don't mean to cut you off, but the fact that they think that is really indicative of what the actual problem is. It, it really is. And, like, I remember after that coming to the back, I remember, I think it was, like, you and Tanner and everybody, you, you all were pol- apologizing to me for what the things that they said, and it was like, I can't control what other people say. I can't control how other people feel. I can't control what words they use. But the fact that it bothered everybody else, that bothered me. You know, and it was just one of those, like, I've had friends use the F word. Like, not towards me in, a like, a bad way, but in general. And anytime, like, they say that, I was like, hey, don't use that. And they're like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, that's fine. Just don't use it when you're around me or pretty much don't use it at all. But, you know, but it's one of those, like, it's just going to take, I hate to say take time for people to adjust. I I don't know how to even finish that because it shouldn't be something that's an issue. No, it really shouldn't. And, And the problem is we, I think we as a society, we eventually get to the right point, but it's just a matter of how quickly as a society do we get there and how many holdouts do we have before it becomes the socially accepted norm not to be uh, that that way about something? So, no, I, I agree with you, and it does. It bothers everyone, and I, I can tell you just from my experience, everybody in every locker room I've ever been in, um, I, I guarantee you we'd have your back. So uh, oh, just wa- just wanted to say that. Oh, well, uh, if it's not known by everybody in the locker room, I love everybody back there, and I consider them brothers and sisters and everything. And like their friendship means the world to me. Yeah, absolutely, man. And same, same with us as well. So, dude, we are running out of time, but I did want to ask you. Uh, and it's, this is a story, or a story. It's a question that I ask of all the, all the guests that I've had on. Um, one, what is your favorite match that you've had? And two, um, how do you feel like um, that match? Why, why is it your favorite? I guess is the best way to say that. Oh gosh, I've had so many matches over the years. It's it's hard, it's weird to think how many matches you've had over the years. Um, gosh, for a favorite, like I mean, there's a few that stand out. The the uh, paddle on a pole match with Jerry Travelstead at Pinkneyville with Ricky Steamboat as the guest referee. Uh, that that's just something I'll never forget. Just because I mean, hell, it's it's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, and like being able to work with him and I took like a head chop from him and everything like that. And it, it was just, it was a fun, fun match because Jerry and I have worked several times together and, uh, every time it just seems to get better. 
Uh, I remember I faced him and his family before <laughs> wrestled his kids. Which I, I remember that. From like eight years old to fourteen. So it's like and it's that, one of that, that that was a weird match in itself, but it was fun, you know, being able to show off what the kids can do. Oh yeah, I remember watching that match. I remember watching that match, and I sorry again, I don't mean to cut you off, but I remember thinking, man, these kids are chips off the old block. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, oh gosh, I think it was a, a tornado DDT, a jumping tornado DDT that Elena did to me, and that thing looked beautiful. Uh, and it was just, it's just stuff like that's fun. And then, like, I, where was that? I think it was Christopher. It was uh, me and Scotty versus Tyler and Axe. And that was just a fun match, and it was, like, probably one of my better matches that I've had. Um, then I've also got to, I gotta say, the uh, Lucky Charms match was interesting. <laughs> Uh, with Joey O'Reilly, uh, for such the concept that it was, like we had a really good wrestling match that <laughs> the ring was scattered with Lucky Charms. I think my boots still have Lucky Charms on the bottom of the <laughs> you know, you know, uh, It doesn't surprise me. Gosh, I'm trying to think of just some of the other matches that I've had. Like at Stride, I'm working a best of seven series with Scott Phoenix, and we've I think we've had some really good matches in match types that both of us haven't really been comfortable in because we haven't done them. Like we've had a submission match, which I don't really do a lot of submissions, but we were able to make make that work cohesively. Then we've had a bull rope match, a lumberjack match, a chairs match, a tables match. It's just, I always love the specialty stipulation matches like that because you can go so much further with it than actual wrestling. And like that just brings a different environment to it, and I love it. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, Dexter, we are out of time, brother. Can you uh, tell tell us where we can find you on social media, and tell us uh, tell us where uh, merch stores, anything like that, you got going on? Just uh, give a, give us your outgoing plugs there. And I don't really have too much because I don't do too much with social media anymore. But I do have a Facebook page for Dexter Roswell. You can go uh, go search that and. Haven't really done too much with uh, merchandise lately, but you never know. Uh, something might be coming along the, along the lines. Just keep your eyes open. All right. There you go. Well, Dexter Roswell, thank you so much for being on 10 Count Podcast today. Well, thank you so much, Jason Tiller, for having me. Special thanks to Dexter Roswell for being on the show. Hit him up on his social media. He's on Facebook, Dexter Roswell. Uh, definitely worth a follow and get his name out there. If you haven't had a chance to go see him, find us at IWAU. He's also at Stride. Um, and I'm sure he's hitting other places, Cape Championship Wrestling. So there you go. He's got a few places you can catch Dexter Roswell. Um, don't forget to check out our social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 10countblog. We're on Twitter, at 10countblog. Check out our merch store. I failed to mention that last week. And you can find that merch store at spreadshirt.com slash 10countblog. All kinds of really cool stuff on there. Also hit up our uh, social medias and our website, 10countblog.wordpress.com. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on there. We're trying to put up more content. Uh, so we, we haven't been in the swing of that for a little while, but we're getting back. We're, we're working on some stuff. So uh, be sure to check back at 10countblog.wordpress.com. Thanks to everyone for being involved on this limited run. Thank you for subscribing. Don't forget to go give us a like and uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Spotify. So uh, until next week, thanks to everyone for listening to the 10 Count Podcast. 